War. War never changes. One could argue that every nation can be defined by the wars they fought and the men who led them, and the U.S. is definitely no exception. The United States has been involved in nearly 100 wars, both near and far. Some involved few personnel and little time and effort from the United States, while others demanded the bulk of our military might, or were fought over the course of decades. We'll give you the highlights. First up, the War of 1812, which involved a Madison. This war pitted the U.S. against Britain once again, though not in so epic a fashion as the Revolution decades earlier. Britain was embroiled in a war with France, which prevented America from trading with either major world power without angering the other. In an attempt to get Britain to negotiate, American forces invaded British-controlled Canada, but this effort went poorly and saw only moderate success near the end of the war. The British struck in Baltimore but were defeated at Fort McHenry, but not before they burned down the White House and other D.C. landmarks. The final naval battle inspired Francis Scott Key's poem, part of which became the national anthem. Britain eventually repealed their trade regulations, and a peace treaty was signed in 1814. 15,000 Americans died in the war. Next up is the Mexican-American War. This was uh, James K. Polk. This two-year war, from 1846 to 1848, was fought over Texas. A decade prior, Texas won independence from Mexico, and needless to say, Mexico was upset. The U.S. courted the independent republic and offered to accept it into the Union, along with Oregon, Arizona, California, and a few other states. Mexico considered this attempt at annexation an act of war. In response, Polk urged Congress to declare war, which they did. With an army consisting mostly of volunteers, the U.S. defeated Mexico and the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo was signed in May of 1848. As part of the treaty, the U.S. assumed control of Texas, Arizona, Wyoming, California, Utah, New Mexico, and Nevada, cutting Mexico's territory in half in exchange for a measly $18 million. Don't say we never gave you nothing. And now, the Civil War. Abraham Lincoln. As the nation grew and new territories were added to the Union, tensions between North and South came to a head when newly elected President Lincoln announced that slavery would not be allowed in any new American states. Angering Southerners who were already critical of the federal government's supposed overreach on the matter of states' powers. It also would have given non-slave states a national majority. Many Southern states seceded, seven in total, forming the Confederate States of America. The next few years saw the North strategy change from only quick suppression of rebellion and resolution to total war as the South put up stiff resistance and Lincoln's aims became abolitionist. Loss after loss led to the destruction of the South's economic lifeblood, with countless acres of cropland burned to the ground at the hands of General Sherman. Confederate armies began to surrender, and when Confederate President Jefferson Davis was apprehended in Georgia in the spring of 1865, the war ended. At least 600,000 men died fighting in the Civil War, with the majority being Union soldiers. Hot take, General Robert E. Lee, most overrated general of all time. How could you say that? Get even, out of here. Wasn't even good. Leave the studio now. Don't disrespect that man in my presence again. Yeah, right. <laughs> they did like a, a statistical analysis of all the generals, mm-hmm. and he got a below average score. With like win-loss ratio and things like that? Well, it was a lot of other factors, but yeah. They, they determined that a random person would have done as good as the lead did. Ouch. Now the Spanish-American War in the late 1800s. McKinley led that one. The first overseas conflict fought by the U.S., The American Navy easily defeated the fledgling Spanish fleet in the Philippines, while McKinley prepared troops for a mission to take Manila. The U.S. liberated Cuba from Spanish control, granting them independence. 
but they did not do the same for the Philippines. Yeah, they kicked the Spanish out of there, but they kept it under U.S. control, angering guerrilla rebels who had requested American aid in the first place, and leading to further conflicts in the future. Obviously, we're not there anymore, but it was a a bloody few years there. Yeah, until about the 40s, I think, when uh, they finally gained independence. But there was a lot of stuff going on with Teddy Roosevelt, and um, that was a pretty rough patch there. Next up is World War I. This was Woodrow Wilson at the helm. An entanglement of alliances led to the largest global war ever waged on Earth until the second one broke out two decades later. (laughs) Russia, Great Britain, France, America, and uh, other forces formed the Allied powers. They teamed up to fight Austria-Hungary, Germany, and a few other smaller countries, which became the Central Powers. The Allies won and pushed uh, harsh terms on the Central Powers, uh, especially Germany. Wilson was a dogmatic anti-monarchist, and World War I caused Russia, Austria-Hungary, and Germany to lose their monarchies. Wilson's attempted League of Nations failed after his Congress would not ratify it, lol. Mm, Sad. And of course, there's World War II. That was mostly Franklin Delano Roosevelt. However, Truman did end it. Everyone knows about World War II, so we won't go into detail. Allies good, Hitler bad, we nuked Japan twice. The end. The Korean War. And this was mostly Truman and a little bit of Eisenhower. After World War II, Korea was liberated from Japan, but the Koreans in the north, supported by the communist uh, Russians and China, invaded the south, supported by the UN and led by the US. After almost losing, the south pushed the communists all the way to China, but then China intervened and pushed the south to the center line of the country. Eisenhower negotiated a ceasefire treaty splitting Korea down the 38th parallel, which still remains today. And then we have Vietnam, almost infamous of wars. JFK started it. LBJ really got things going. And Nixon was strong about it, but he ended it for pragmatic reasons. The war was an utter failure for a number of reasons. Micromanagement by politicians, young and poorly trained soldiers, unclear objectives and planning, little support at home which devolved into outright hatred for the war effort, politicization, unflattering media coverage, and most of all, the absolute worst combat environment. Next up, the Gulf War. This was H.W. Bush, and it was a big win. Liberated Kuwait from Saddam Hussein's Iraq. It was a 43-day campaign from start to finish and known as the 100-hour ground war. It lifted up America's spirits at home. Of course, that was preceded a few years later, by the War on Terror, which uh, didn't do uh, what the Gulf War did for American morale. This, uh, of course, was um, involving W. Bush, Obama, Trump, and Biden. 9-11 and Saddam's supposed possession of weapons of mass destruction led Bush to invade Iraq. They did depose Saddam, and the war might have brought stability to Iraq with the right leadership, strategy, and resolve. But American opinion soured a few years in for similar reasons to Vietnam. Obama ended the Iraq war, at least he kept uh, his campaign promise there, but started fighting in Afghanistan and did succeed in killing uh, infamous cave dweller Osama bin Laden. Yes, he technically did get killed under Obama's watch. Despite being labeled a violent madman, Trump was more of a dove than the previous two presidents and started the withdrawal process, accepting the inevitability of Taliban rule in Afghanistan. He did help kill off uh, ISIS in Syria and Iraq, though, Biden continued the withdrawal process but botched it at the end and saw lots of people left behind and uh, lots of sketchy Afghans strewn about America. There was also action in Syria, but that's a whole other can of worms. 
Now, why do we bring up America's greatest wars in regards to the greatest presidents? It shows surprisingly and against the trope that wartime presidents are not necessarily famous or well regarded by historians. The Mexican-American War added vast swaths to the country, but the average person doesn't know anything about Polk. They may not even know his name. McKinley expelled the Spanish from the Western Hemisphere, but the same goes for him. Even the tallest mountain in North America was changed from Mount McKinley to Denali. But something else becomes clear: presidents who led unpopular or unsuccessful wars are usually remembered poorly. Think of Lyndon B. Johnson and Nixon for Vietnam, Bush for Iraq, and Madison for the War of 1812. Yes, Not, especially for Bush, Nixon, LBJ, very bad reviews, very low on Rotten Tomatoes for them. <laughs> Nixon would be higher rated if it wasn't for Watergate. Probably that, he might have made if it weren't for Watergate. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely <laughs> some controversy there. So here's a fun fact: America's longest war is actually not Vietnam or the War on Terror. It is technically the Apache Wars, fought against the Apache Indian tribes in the Southwest Territories from 1849 to 1886. That's 37 years. It ended with the surrender of the famous Geronimo and a victory for the U.S. Army. Apache raids continued sporadically well until the 20th century, however. So one could argue that the war might have lasted until about 1924, when the final Apache raid ever recorded on U.S. land occurred. I think they just stole some horses. So, can you really consider that an act of war?、Uh, maybe not. You be the judge of that one. Anyway, the 37-year portion of the war involved 12 presidents in total, from James Polk through Grover Cleveland. Thanks for listening to the Sons of Antiquity highlight reel. To hear this clip in context and to enjoy our full-length episodes, check out the links in the description or search Sons of Antiquity on YouTube, BitChute, Spotify, or Apple and Google Podcasts.